was the pop culture sensation of 1980, replacing disco with hillbilly cool, the music, the fashion, the dancing, the nightclub, the mechanical bull. Because of another John Travolta dance movie, for a few years, country became king. And this movie is proof that a man will fall so far down if his ego is just a little bit ticked off. Certainly in 1980, because this is 80s movies. A guy do what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Urban Cowboy is a story of Bud, who moves to big city Houston to seek out his fortune. Within days, he has a career path, a wife, a new trailer home, and even a local hangout where everyone knows his name. Until his own hot-headed pride threatens to take it all away. Just imagine you get into a fight with a boy that you met a week ago, and he goes, You want to get married? <laughs> imagine that yeah but you know it does seem hard to imagine now although it's not far from how my own marriage proposal went but um but we had been dating more than a week so certainly um but you know this is actually somewhat based loosely on a true story about this was an article in esquire 1978 uh about this couple who met at gillies when they were 18 and, you know, but they were separated by the time the movie came out. And they, unlike Bud and Sissy, did divorce. Yeah, <laughs> so, that makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so, first of all, did you enjoy the movie? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little, it was very 80s, very stereotypical redneck people. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what's really so interesting and honestly what i think country music needs we i think we need another urban cowboy uh you know i used to work in country music i worked for cmt country music television for a couple years and 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 really you know country music sort of rode this wave they it had some crossover popularity in the 70s john denver olivia newton john Glenn Campbell, um, Dolly Parton. I mean, there were people who would who were more mainstream, so it wasn't like so far fetched. Hee Haw. I mean, I grew up on Hee Haw. I don't know if you even know what Hee Haw is. No. It, it. I mean, it was it was country bumpkin humor. It was like a variety show. Variety shows were huge in the eighties um, and in the seventies. But uh, but anyway, so there was a basis there. that it was more maybe mainstream it feels more segmented now it feels like you know now if you're reba mcintyre you don't you know like you're going straight to cmt you know (laughs) those shows just don't seem like they uh cross over as well i have no idea who that is you have no (laughs) idea anything i'm saying all right um but it really did spur this country revolution in general and i think in a sense, you know, everything goes in cycles and and almost like a pendulum swing, like things counteract each other. So you have to think about, um, as we kind of explored with Xanadu, uh, and and we talked about with Foxes, um, that the end of the 70s, you know, we had all this disco music, there was a backlash against disco at the same time, kind of working in conjunction with disco was this lacks morals that were sexual in nature or drugs or or all of that kind of stuff that had kind of started at the end of the 60s and carried through the 70s and uh this really hedonistic um decade that occurred and so i wish this was my own original thought it's not i i read this but um somebody had pointed out that in the 70s in the disco era the clothes were also loose 
you know, and, you know, everything was kind of slidey fabrics and, and just, you know, very, just very loose, comfortable fitting clothes. And then you look at the clothes that become in fashion through urban cowboy Western wear, very structured, you know, boots, which are thick and strong heels, buttoned up, starch shirts. I mean, jeans that are like skin tight, but also like, you know, not the kind you slide into at all. And, and I think that it's really indicative of the lifestyle and the lifestyle that we see in urban cowboy, which is a totally different thing. Um, so I, I think that urban cowboy sort of wound up capitalizing on a resistance or a tiring of this kind of loose decade that had existed beforehand. And it just went insane. I mean, there were like country music totally crossed over and it just became everything. Those mechanical bulls, which I'm sure you've seen, mm -hmm. but, the, but this was the introduction of the mechanical bull. Um, so what were your thoughts on the relationship between Bud and Sissy? Well, obviously, it's not the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of a dick. Uh-huh. He sound he just, like, the entire movie, Bud just looked like a little bitch. Like, he literally, that's all he was doing. Like, uh -huh. your girlfriend is literally better at everything than you. So, right. So, like, suck it. Well, he was making it be that way. She wouldn't have been if he wasn't so, like, pushy and, like, no, you can't ride the bull. Of course she's going to ride the fucking bull if you tell her not to. Mm -hmm. Duh. Well, I think that's where this has a, a place in history, which is it really is identifying this transition that men and women were going through about the change in roles. So as women's lib became popular, as women were going to work and insisting to go to work, um, you know, there, there were these traditional roles, right? Like the man was the head of the household and what he said went and, you know, he would make the decisions and he could tell her what she could and couldn't do. Uh, and at the same time, women were no longer accepting that. So she's like, no, you know, I, you're not going to tell me what to do. But the resistance was she was getting knocked around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, but she was a kind of person to, she didn't do anything with anyone else until for a fact he cheated. Yeah. She didn't, she didn't, uh, or I guess no, they didn't make well, out. No, the she first flirted. She, went, she, she was egging. She was certainly uh, trying yeah. to make him jealous and... For sure. Egging him on. For sure. But once she gets to the cowboy's house, she's like, and I gotta go. Right, right. <laughs> and he's like, get over here. Get over here. And I'm thinking, get out. Like, get out quickly. I don't think this is going to end well. And luckily, you know, she, she was able to go. By the way, the whole thing... With the worm and the tequila. That was disgusting. But I think this is where... Had you ever heard that before? No. Uh, I mean, that sounds familiar, but uh -huh. I've never, like, seen it. I I mean, I remember hearing that as a teenager all the time. People were like, oh, yeah, you gotta swallow the worm. And I, and I thought when I saw this movie, oh, is this where that came from? <laughs> is this where that notion about swallowing the worm came from? Or had this been an urban legend that had been around before? Or maybe it just... I mean, I grew up in Houston. I was in Houston at the time that they filmed this um uh i mean i was 10 when it came out and i do want to say that when we talk about this movie and how it impacted your parents i would say the way that you know it impacted your parents is that it was more of the country music um uh you know country western 
vibe that 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 like kind of got into everything you know that kind of filtered into our worlds it was less things like the domestic violence because teenagers did not go see this movie um and that's important to point out we you know it was rated r it wasn't really marketed to teens that i was aware of um it's something everyone knew about certainly but it wasn't anything that i mean i'd never seen it until i watched it last night um and, and I actually looked and found out why. It's because uh, they actually did some research because the studio thought, why aren't teenagers seeing this movie? It has John Travolta in it. And he was <laughs> he was off Saturday Night Fever and yeah. Grease. And he was the biggest star for that population, for teenagers. And he's like, why are they not going to see this movie? They didn't know what the word urban meant. So, you know, <laughs> urban cowboy. No, like, I don't know I what thought, that's about. It doesn't no, look like yeah, it's for me. I thought that was... That's a terrible name for this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think that should be the name. I think Cowboy should definitely be in the name. Yeah. I don't think Urban Cowboy was the name for it. Oh, I think it's perfect. Really? I mean, this, yeah, because, and again, it's because of this transition that was happening, and that's why the the term was coined by Esquire magazine, um, because, right, cowboys are, you know, the guys who are working on the range, and they're working on farms and ranches, and with animals, and, you know, livestock. So this is like a city cowboy? But this is what was happening, right? Like, as the 80s come along, and industry and business are growing, so what is he doing? He's leaving his small town roots, and going to the big city, Houston, to go seek his fortune, and he goes and works on an oil rig, and we, I think we, we think of oil as being country and, um, and, 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 you know, being something from Texas or from these, but it didn't, it, necess- it wasn't necessarily before, right? It, it, it's just, it's sort of oil was found in these regions and it attracted, you know, the, the same kind of people who tend to be, listen to country music, you know, tend to be cowboys. So he moves there, but he still has that desire to be that cowboy. By the way, what I, what did you think about the dancing in the film? Uh, I thought it was, I don't, I thought it was cool. I didn't understand the the hand placement when Bud and Sissy would, like, put their right, like, their right arm on their shoulder. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, that was kind of, the way that they had it was, like, super weird. The two-step. Yeah, but it was, like, it was, like, holding her head. It was, it was weird. I didn't yeah. like it. Well, okay. <laughs> so, again, I know you only spent two, two years in Nashville. So, yeah. you, that was, that was it for your uh, southern roots. But, you I mean, um, although you did grow up on country music as a, I mean, no, as a baby. I was bopping yeah. to the music, for yeah. sure. Like, we, like, the violin was going off. Uh-huh. Like, I saw his strings break, too. Like, yeah, yeah, off. yeah. Um, and again, that's one of the things with me with the country music. It's hard to tell because I'm like, I grew up in Houston, so I'm not sure what's just, you know, was, I mean, I, I think that The Devil Went Down to Georgia was played on all stations. I mean, that's what I, I or were my parents listening to country music? Because I don't think so. My mom's kind of like a soft pop, <laughs> you know, she's like definitely the mom, the mm-hmm. mom rock kind of gal, like soft AC. Um, but I remember hearing all of these songs all of the time, and and they did cross over. Um, no, okay. So this is the best thing about like, uh, you know, being in Texas or Oklahoma is those clubs and those moments. Um, I went to Oklahoma State for a couple of years. They have a club that would be Gillies esque called Tumbleweeds, and uh, and I and I've definitely been to these kind of clubs growing up. I mean, growing up like you know in my teen and early twenties, and to have a cowboy 
dance with you like that feels amazing. Like they glide that when they, when they two step correctly and it's just like some simple steps, it's easy to do. And the, the way they hold you and the way they call you darling and the way that it's just amazing. I mean, it doesn't matter almost like what they look like. They, it, it, you know, if they're like big and fat and whatever, you know, with their like buttons all popping in their tight starch shirts and big old belt buckles, you know, it's, there is something really amazing about that. And I thought that translated through the screen of how good and safe and sexy that is. And yeah, because then- Mylon was like, she was like, oh, I want to dance like that, but I don't know how to dance. And I was like, trust me, do you think she knows how to dance? Do you see how he's guiding her throughout the yeah. entire thing? You don't need to know how to dance to do that. And the cowboy will do it. That's the greatest thing. I mean, and that's what dancing is supposed to be. The guy's supposed to be leading you. Yeah. And and I think that that Urban Cowboy shows, you know, I mean, this is, this is, I don't know if you call this toxic masculinity, but this is definitely, you know, this very mach- machismo, macho Spirit. attitude that exists and, and is real and, you know, is part of how I remember men behaving. Um, but... There is, but the idea that they could also be great dancers and that that was okay for them and not considered feminine or not acceptable is great. By the way, I'm just, John Travolta is, I mean, stunning. He's, he was so beautiful. He's such a beautiful man, but he's. His beard at the beginning was like nasty. Like, oh, yeah. So oh, I nasty. thought it was hot. I thought it was so nasty. <laughs> and then they were like, you can't have that here. He shaved off. I was like, ooh, now he's looking like John Travolta. Yeah, he, he was a work of art. Um, but his, his dancing bunches. skills are, yeah, he does a strong cleft in his gin. Um, <laughs> but his dancing skills, I mean, he, it doesn't matter what he does. He's such a good dancer. And he the way that he just. He, it was so natural in the way he was gliding. But do you know who taught him? Patrick Swayze, who was from Houston. And his mom was a... Ballerina. Yeah, a, 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 a dancing... Dancer. Yes, a dancing instructor and taught him. And she choreographed the movie. And oh, Pat, And Patrick Swayze was not a star at this point, but he's the one who taught John Travolta how to dance. It was pretty crazy. Um, all right, so what are... You know, I, I, I don't want to... I want to go back to the domestic violence because yeah. I think that there's something important to point out here. And this, this would be, I think the kind that is influential again, not necessarily to teenagers because they didn't see this movie, but to, to, to the, the audiences who were seeing it is the idea that even though Sissy is obviously you know, trying to firmly find her own identity and be herself and be allowed to be herself. And I mean, she's amazingly good natured about it. You know, when Bud says, go make me, you know, give me a beer. And she's like, yes, sir. You know, and he's, he's talking to her rudely. She has such a a good natured attitude about it. Uh, And then when he hits her, that's not, it's not acceptable. Yeah. Right. And, that and he doesn't apologize even i mean the second time it takes him a long time to apologize that he needs to realize he wants really wants to be with her well yeah and then he sees her black and blue face and is like i'm gonna kill him yeah yeah but well, do we would have killed you the first time you hit her too right but the interesting thing is she's you know she doesn't leave she doesn't leave right she doesn't well, she she left fed but the second time but then it became something more than that 
right? Because they both went and found someone to make each other jealous and it became something else. Yeah. Then she goes back and writes him, without him apologizing, a letter about how she misses him. Well, in my opinion, the fact that he knocked her around is hanging over and she should not be the one coming to him. And yes, he goes and beats up her worse abuser. Uh, but, and then they ride off into the sunset. But I'm like, does this mean Bud's done knocking her around? I mean, the fact that she accepts that and sort of accepts that as part of life, even though she doesn't want it and she's resists it, she just accepts it. And yeah. it's, and there's not really, there, you know, in a movie today, there would be like, a great deal of learning, you know, or explanation. Yeah. Or they would, you know, there, there would somehow they would have to resolve that in a way because men who, if, if a guy's hit you once, he's going to hit you again Mm -hmm. and he can say that he's sorry and that's not going to stop him from hitting you again. So that, that's the part that made me feel a little queasy about the whole thing. And I thought, you know, for, and this is this, big love story that people went to see and again this is 1980 we talked about this with the shining and we've seen this in a few films where domestic violence was kind of normalized it was kind of normalized and it was seen as acceptable police wouldn't arrest anybody if you called them uh they're just like yeah you know keeping your house in order doing what you got to do you know (laughs) and it was actually became hitting your kids became unacceptable before hitting your wife was unacceptable so yeah. the 80s, well that's an adult yeah kids can't defend themselves well anyway. true but kids like getting switches and getting you know uh i mean kids kids you know get would get beat a lot and that would be considered in the south saw, in particular i saw a thing the other i saw a video the other day and the girl said is she was trying to make a point about racism and she was like, one time I said the N-word at school, and I got punched in the jaw. My jaw was broken for a good two weeks, and they taught me that why I shouldn't say that word, and I never said it again. Yeah. Two weeks later, another girl from my class shouts it at lunch. Six inches of her hair gets cut off in class. Bully kids, it works. <laughs> It really does. That's why probably all of us are so freaking sensitive because mm-hmm. we've had to deal with, I don't Well, I don't okay, know. so that's what the Bible says. It's uh, <laughs> spare the, what is it? Spare the switch, spoil the child. In other words, saying you should hit, you know, you should spank, you should, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't Physically think, cause them pain, but. I don't think that, I think it definitely works better when you're not a parent because when you're a parent, it's like, wow, this person loves me, and they just, like, had the audacity to spank me. Like, rude. Like, as a four-year-old, that's what's going through your mind. At least me. I, I was like, like four-year-old saying audacity. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But, um, but, like, if it's someone else that doesn't know you, who obviously doesn't give two shits about you, yeah. you're like, dang, I should reflect on my life. Why doesn't this person give two shits about me? Should I try more? Should I keep trying to do something else? That's what went through all of our minds. Yeah. But I I don't even know. I mean, you guys didn't even, you guys never spanked me, really. No. Unless I was really pissing you off. No, I don't. I, I There was one time I know I did. I, I, I think did I've spanked stupid. each of you once i really don't like it it's not 
I feel very uncomfortable with it. And every time I've been like, okay, like I thought, you know, okay, maybe this will work. And then I don't know, did it? No, it just makes. <laughs> I mean, in, in the moment, the the kid will hate you more, but it's not like they can ignore you forever. Um, but returning to Urban Cowboy, I I really feel like that is about. Oh, the only thing I wanted to say was the rodeo scenes. You know, the prison rodeo. The prison rodeo is a real thing. And they actually show it in Stir Crazy, which is a film from 1980 as well. I, I didn't really understand that. So, like, so the pr- so the prison people would ride the bulls? For the amusement of okay. people who would come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense of why Bud was like, he's a criminal. Yeah, I know. You kind of had to... I didn't think it was really clear... It and wasn't. then they started talking about the prison rodeo, and I realized, oh, yeah, the rodeo guys were wearing. Well, I thought that the prison was just, like, they got out of prison to watch, and that's what all the people in white were coming to do, because they were like, those are the prisoners. Uh-huh. But I didn't think that the people getting on the bulls were prisoners. Yeah. So I think that's part of them just being part of the culture so that you, as a viewer, wouldn't understand what was going on. <laughs> and now we are like, what? Are they, you're putting prisoners on bulls <laughs> what uh but the houston rodeo that they you know that, that they they show the logo i had been at the houston rodeo a bunch of times from 1975 to 1980 when i lived there it's how i saw my first my first concert was john denver and then i remember seeing crystal gale uh, kenny rogers you know all these all these uh country music artists it was it's a big deal in houston I thought the girls, both the sissy and the other Pam, Mm -hmm. that was not a good name for her, but she (laughs) was way too beautiful to be a Pam, but, um, (laughs) personally, but I thought their clothes were so cute. Yeah. Like, I was like, they have the cutest cowgirl clothes. Yeah. Like, it's simple, but it's also, like, a little extra, but not, like, too extra. It's just, like, a little, and, but they're, like, you know, they're not, like, super thick clothing uh-huh like she was wearing like a um uh what's it called like a one piece mm-hmm. a bodysuit yeah for in one of the scenes so she had a bodysuit and like jeans on i was like she looks so cute and her boobs look so good in that yeah like so unfair and then my lawn saw pam's like yellow um her what's it called vest mm-hmm. like the yellow vest and she was like that's so cute i want it so bad yeah it was awesome it was awesome and you know that era celebration of tiny breasts right yeah <laughs> no they they didn't have tiny boots they had like the perfect like b cup yeah perky mm-hmm. not saggy like perfect kind of boobs it yeah. was really annoying yeah yeah i know i mean that's that was the look tall lanky um, nothing fake because nothing fa- fake didn't really exist. Although I think Dolly Parton, I, I think those she, boobs are fake. Yeah. Oh, I think she was a. Oh. Uh, those lips are fake too. Yeah. Uh, she. I think Dolly Parton was a pioneer of the plastic surgery. Yeah, she was definitely the first um, experiment. This is '80s movies. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm, I'm Riley Roberts. I'm Tara McNamara. <laughs> you can find us on social media at '80s Movie Guide, and please come to the website. Yep, yep, thanks. The devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat. 
And he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at Johnny's feet Johnny said, devil, just come on back if you ever want to try again I done told you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best there's ever been He played, found a mountain, run, boys, run Devil's in the house of the rising sun A chicken in the bread pan, a picking outdoors Granted, we a dog fight, no child, no 